Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you just come home and you know this was a horrible day and something went totally wrong, you don't have to pull it together for the other one. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Dorina, very well, welcome back to the Swisspreneur Show. It's great to have you here for the second episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Today, we're going to talk about the topic of how to build a company and also run a company with your life partner. Um, you and Sasha started Pia Vita as a couple. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to take this step? So it was not that um, we were super aware that, first of all, this is unique. <laughs> like it felt so natural uh, to us because uh, we have already worked together um, at Bosch quite some years ago mm -hmm. in different departments. But back then we were always also the ones who always tried to push the limits. We were always trying to like get something more. Um, so we spent quite some time together, like in the labs, uh, in the evenings, always like trying just to have one more thing that we can get done. And we realized that we have a very, very complementary skill set, very complementary background. So that always felt very productive and, and yeah, just a very good match also on a professional side. Mm -hmm. And I think you also mentioned to me when we did the preparation that, you know, although it didn't feel like any special for you, these are usually the questions that every co-founding team has to ask themselves. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. What were the topics that you discussed there to also, you know, really evaluate whether you are actually a good uh, founding team? Well, I think that is something that probably a lot of founders uh, run into that you perhaps start as good friends or you met uh, during studies or you have a hobby together or whatever. I mean, right. somehow you met, right? And um, I think at some point you realize, okay, this is not a typical profession or a typical job where you just go home and you might spend some more thoughts on it. This is like your life. Like it becomes 24-7 so fast. And I hear that a lot from other co-founders as well, that they kind of lose this friendship part, you know, that even when they go out for a beer, um, they only talk about work. And then you get annoyed at some point, like you get this, uh, hey, I also like want to have a, a private life at some point, right? Mm -hmm. So of course, we also felt that we, we also ran into these difficulties where um, we, we fought about uh, business topics, uh, we discussed th throughout the night, uh, we were super exhausted on the weekends, because there was just no off button. And um, what well, we came up with more and more rules let's say also it's not it's not that strict it's more of a common agreement um that we have our boundaries and we probably have to be even more strict uh, regarding where profession ends and where private life starts mm -hmm. um, especially as we live together um right. so you you just have to be very strict with each other and we try to like be make that a little bit funny you know like we never are angry with each other when we start talking about um, um, about the business or something 
um, but we we just try to uh, work it out a little bit further. Is this discipline to follow the rules coming from both or is uh, one of you in the driver's seat there? <laughs> so I'm probably always the one starting with something from, from business. Uh, I'm definitely the one having a harder time to switch off. Mm -hmm. um, but I also learned that it doesn't always make it easier. <laughs> like normally you say, um, if you share something with somebody, it get, it becomes uh, easier, right? That's actually not always true, <laughs> I feel, because you also have to learn that just because something jumps to your mind at 9 or 10 o'clock in the evening, mm -hmm. it doesn't help if you then start to discuss it, because it actually helps more if you force yourself to leave it for the night and start fresh in the morning, you will have better thoughts about it you will already have had a good sleep um, and you can discuss it way more productive and targeted than in the morning instead of also ruining the evening yes, for the other exactly. person yeah, yeah exactly so um yeah sometimes it's really just to say well why now it's it's an issue it's a problem mm -hmm. it will not be solved in the evening anyway so why um harming the other person in that sense and um, rather giving them at least uh, or him at least a, a good and nice evening <laughs> right do you, have, do you have any hack to to really also follow that practice because i can imagine sometimes it just feels so much easier to just bring it up and yeah. talk about it right and it happens of course um we have uh, we have that rule that we have to do something nice for the other if we start um business outside of working hours also like working hours are quite flexible but still we try to um i don't know like do some housework or um uh, yeah, just uh, do something that you know that the other one doesn't like to do. Um, so it's kind of like a, an agreement that we came up with. So you have to do more dishes than yes. you actually want to at the moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you also mentioned other rules uh, that you have. Can you give us some examples about other rules, you know, how you actually mm -hmm. deal with the separation of business and also your personal life? Yes. So we normally um, agree on that when we come home, like home is is private zone. Mm -hmm. um, there are always exceptions, of course. I mean, now during COVID, we work tons at home uh, most of the time. When we travel, it's a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. When we are in the Zurich office, however, there is a really strict line um, because we walk to the office. So we, we cross the limit. And that bridge is the border between work and private life. So we literally spent hours on that bridge discussing about topics to solve that, but to really give us the time to say, okay, if we are over that, we still have like 15 minutes to walk. Um, everybody can try to fresh up their mind a little bit. And then when you come home, you actually are really like, okay, now it's private and we should also like uh, enjoy that and talk about different things at some point. Nice. That's a cool rule. So yeah. I can imagine that if someone is looking for you in the evening, yeah. they might find you on the bridge yeah, and not at home. Probably <laughs> hard discussions, <laughs> fighting about something. Um, but then afterwards, it's all good. Nice. <laughs> So something that's also a, sort of a big question in my in my mind is basically when you actually double down of on like you know, you know starting company with your life partner, this is also to a certain degree a much stronger pressure. Did you feel that in any way to then you know now you really have to make it happen because if it doesn't work out, not only your company uh, goes south but also your personal life to a certain degree. Or at least there's a risk to that. 
Yes, absolutely. So it's a, it's sometimes a tough one, but it became like, I don't know, in the beginning, I think it was more, well, we knew that it is a try. And I was so aware about the failure rate because I did uh, the PhD about it, right? So um, I was so aware that the chances are actually very low that we would succeed, mm-hmm. um, that we always tried to stay realistic about it. And we, I think we were also always quite confident that we would find another job. Um, I mean, in the end, we also have to realize that we are in a really luxurious system and situation. So... Um, yeah, I think that is, uh, that never was that big of a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we have built this whole thing, it would be just a huge emotional challenge, but that is something that is true for every founder, right? I mean, yeah. this is your baby. You have worked on this so hard, um, and for such a long time, um, that is just something you would have to cope with. And, uh, I have to say, like, of course, it's uh, it brings its challenges, but one of the big advantages of um, of uh, having that startup together as a as a couple is that, especially during hard times, you actually don't have these boundaries, you know. So we completely understand if if an evening is just fucked up, you know, if you just come home and you know this was a horrible day and something went totally wrong, you don't have to pull it together for the other one. You know, you don't have to keep it together and try to make a nice evening for your partner because the other one just understands exactly what's going on. And I think that is um, when our, our team... Um, is the strongest, you know, when we really pull out the other one out of this dark hole and um, and shows just a new avenue or a new opportunity or has an idea how to solve it. Um, and that is then always like a combination of, of personal, private and, and business, you know, because it is interrelated. I mean, this is a, sure. it's a very emotional thing to... There's not this work-life balance. It's basically just a life balance yeah. where work is a very important part of it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you mentioned, I think, in a very good summary, the, the points also about the, the pros of having this setup. When would you actually recommend the couple to start a company together? And when do you think it's not really a good idea? We'll try to build an IKEA, IKEA shelf together, <laughs> I guess. If that works out really good, then it's a good sign. Um, yeah, but that really is something like we always enjoyed things like that, mm-hmm. you know, like we always knew like working on something together always worked out really good for us. Um, and then again, looking at all the upsides, like if it works out and I mean, you have the failure rate of, of founding teams, no matter if it's a couple, if it's friends, if it's strangers. So having a couple I think brings so many benefits, especially in these like hard times or Mm -hmm. having the urgency mode, you know, of course we have our off times saying, okay, we try to keep the Saturday off or we try to make something private on Sunday, but we know if there's something urgent, both of us, basically the whole leading team is there immediately, you know, so you never have that if, if, if you're not a couple. So the commitment and the time investment is incredibly high. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, from a, from a, um, 
if I would recommend it to others, I think it is important to really think about, um, like, do I want to work with that person? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be related to being a couple or not. I mean, that is the same thing if you... Do you want to start with your brother? Do you uh, want to start with your parent um, or, or with your daughter, with your child, with your whatever, with a relative, with a friend? You know, like these thoughts always need to be there and they need to be very profound. Absolutely. So I think we can label that as the IKEA test for co-founders. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> I one. very much like that. <laughs> Do you actually know from research? I have no clue. That's why I ask um, if the, the failure rate is the same or if it's even higher or lower for co-founders that are related or even a couple. Yeah, there's a lot of research about family business. Um, so that is not purely about couples, mm -hmm. um, but uh, family businesses are usually more sustainable, more profitable, uh, more successful. So the failure rate is, um, is um, lower. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the growth rate is a little bit um, smaller compared to other startups, which is pro probably driven by um, small and medium-sized um, companies. You right. know, like family business is typically um, small-sized enterprise um, that they just found or that they developed together. Mm -hmm. But it is always like why it surprises me that people are... Uh, fascinated or surprised by the fact that we are start we have started that as a couple because nobody ever would think about um, claiming uh, a farmer like why are you working with your wife <laughs> or I don't know like uh, um, like so many stores uh, restaurants mm -hmm. uh, service in any company um, it was always normal that the family helped with the business. So um, I actually feel that's a more natural thing to do to involve the people that are very close to you um, in what you are very committed with, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. That's also why I'm super glad that we actually can do this episode to shed some more light into that topic because there's not that much content out there. Sure. At the same time, you know, you. you the stats are pretty clear, as you just mentioned, the success rate is higher. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, you usually also have to face a decision how you communicate that towards investors, for example. Mm -hmm. How did you make that decision to either communicate that openly and proactively or not really discuss it at all? It was a tough, uh, tough topic because we really thought it would be a disadvantage Wh in the why? beginning. Um, Good question. Because but the stat is, is yes, pretty clear, right? Yes, I know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I think we thought people would see it as a risk factor. Mm -hmm. And it is a risk factor, of course. I mean, if we separate privately, it would become very difficult to work together. Right. Um, but then progressing more and more with a startup, I realized... Well, that is not any different for a couple compared to other team. Like they separate as well or they fight and, and go apart as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, looking back, I don't really know where that um, anxiety came from. But we never made a secret out of it, but we also never made a topic out of it. Because mm -hmm. I also kind of felt like this should be... This is none of your business, you know, like this, right. this should not be a topic, just like it shouldn't be a topic if I'm a woman or if, if I'm gay or if I am, I don't know, black or blue or green or whatever, sure. you know. So um, 
I'm sure there were also um, people who didn't want to invest because um, I'm a female founder or because we are from Germany. Um, I don't know, because it's tech-driven. There are so many factors and some people just also look for an excuse. Um, so we might just didn't want to give them one more excuse that they could uh, pull. Now looking back, I, I, I think I wouldn't... Um, I, I probably would be more open about it. Um, we never made a secret. So if anybody asked, uh, if we were a couple, we always confirmed. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'm not, I, I think not even today, um, a lot of shareholders know. Um, I hope because they don't care. Mm -hmm. They will realize uh, later this year when my name changes. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, surprise, surprise. So this fall, everybody will know. <laughs> awesome. Then you cannot, like, there's no secret at all. Exactly. They will then know. there is no secret. Absolutely. <laughs> so one thing that's also interesting here is how do you actually split the roles mm -hmm. as co-founders? How did you go about that? I know that you have very complementary mm -hmm. skill sets, as you mentioned. So how did that Evolve. Yeah, that was definitely one of the easy, uh, easiest things uh, for us. And it was never a question ever. Um, so, <laughs> well, simplified as we were, as it was clear, we had to prove the technology first. The first year was like, or the first two years were techno technology only. So only developers in the team. And I did everything that is non-tech. <laughs> like I did everything that the, that our, um, tech team didn't want to do or where I had the feeling I can take something off their shoulders right. and um, well then that developed more and more um, into a more embracing role on technology side because all of the different technologies came together mm. and um, also the design part is something that um, Sasha is just way better than I am so that is um, yeah that just came pretty natural and how do you actually make decisions as a founding team? I don't know. How do you usually come to a decision? You just work it out, right? <laughs> uh, you you just discuss about it. Um, I think we respect each other's um, arguments or, or knowledge or background a lot. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of topics, I think it's pretty clear who has more experience in something. And um, well, we just brainstorm and try to find a common ground. I, I don't have the feeling like if a decision is needed in a certain topic um, or it's a difficult decision, it's it becomes even more aligned. Like um, when we feel because a lot of decisions in startups especially in startups, you you just don't know if it's right. There is no yes or no answer. Right. Um, so it's always about, okay, finding a good compromise is where we feel this is probably the best solution. Mm -hmm. We will only figure out in a month or two and then perhaps have to do it all over again. So it's you just decide to the best of your knowledge. And um, there is never uh, a blaming on you said we should do that because nobody knew right and and sure. that is something that you have to accept like no decision will ever be completely right or completely false that's i think something that i was like super appealing or actually more surprising to me is at the university you learn 
this is black or white, right or wrong. Then you go out to the real world, everything is gray. Exactly, 100%. (laughs) And you always think like you will become the one who always knows everything and you realize you just know nothing um, until you have done it a few times and then you get a better, in the end you get a better gut feeling about things. Uh, But it's never that you can say for like definitely that something is true or or false. I think that is something that a lot of people still underestimate saying, um, I don't know, I, I don't, um, I don't know, this, this technology won't work out. Like, I would never dare to say that. Um, it's only a feeling like you don't trust this business will work out. Yes, okay, that's a fair argument. Um, but stating 100% that something is wrong or right is something I would never do. And that's probably where being naive, as we discussed in the first episode, might come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. You have to be very naive and very optimistic and very resistant and strong um, and enduring in a lot of things. Absolutely. So for some people that have never been in a, in a co-founding relationship with a relative or their life partner, uh, it might be still difficult to imagine how this actually looks like in, in real life. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you do have any examples where you say, okay, this was like a, a challenging situation where you've been and one of the most rewarding situations that you have like an example for each of them. So rewarding situation or yeah, basically actually both. Um, I remember when we were on vacation, like like partly vacation. How 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 hard are you on vacation when you found a startup? But uh, we were on a on a mountain bike trip, um, and we had to prepare, um, or we had to finalize all the docs for due diligence with Zetkabi back then for mm-hmm. our first financing round. And I know we were like so stressed out because we felt, okay, this weekend is just like kind of ruined because we are constantly thinking about what else to add. How can we provide these? Uh, We worked through the nights in the super nice uh, hotel, actually, where we were so like lucky that we got a super cheap deal and we couldn't, we couldn't like enjoy it at all. We have not seen a lot about the hotel other than our room. Um, so we came out of the weekend a little bit frustrated and we were still there. We actually had the chance to prolong for Monday. So we said, okay, let's do that. Another positive thing, right? So you can just say, you know what? Okay, we worked through the weekend. Let's just stay a night more. And then on Monday, we got the confirmation that it all worked out. So it was just the perfect ending you know like it was the perfect end to that weekend and to that vacation and looking back it was one of the best (laughs) vacations ever so um that is the thing like you can um you can celebrate things together and you have this um common like you have an understanding for why something is so hard or why something is so great Mm -hmm. um this roller coaster feeling of of a startup you just can't explain and that is something that I enjoy deeply that I can share that with, with my life partner. Yeah. You really literally went through the whole roller coaster right in just one weekend, all the ups and downs. Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely the characteristic of it. You don't know if it's going to be an up or a down day before you're in the evening. <laughs> right, absolutely. So I wonder if there are any like best practices that you would share or mention to other couples or also relatives starting out just with their business, with their startup, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would, you know, suggest them to do or not to do? 
I would suggest to start with um, communication rules, to start with actually more rules than you think you need because they will not be enough. Um, to secure your private life a little bit, like to, uh, your, your private time, um, to and to to just find a common ground on um, on discussion levels. You know, like you have to find a way where you feel okay. Now let's just stop it and work it out tomorrow, because otherwise this will this will um, like influence our our relationship. Um, but again, I think that is just something like communication is so crucial in, in every relationship, but also in every founding team. So it's, it, it's to no surprise, these things should be figured out in every founding team. Um, how do we um, communicate? How do we manage? Who does what? Um, how can we make sure that we are not working against each other or communicating different things? Um, that's just uh, leadership topics and, and time management. So it's it's not. I don't think it's it's very specific to a couple. Yeah, just yeah, normal co-founding uh, yeah. tips basically. Yeah. Awesome. So for the end of this episode, I prepared some rapid fire questions for right. you. Um, I give you a choice of one or two uh, things to answer, okay. and you can quickly also summarize it in one sentence or two sentences why you made that choice. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I am. Europe or United States? Europe. Private or business? Uh, business side, I would say. <laughs> business side, US. Private, I'm still European. I love okay. and I love Switzerland. That's why you probably live here, but have yes. business in the US. <laughs> That's a perfect setup. Wealth or happiness? Happiness. 100%. That's an easy choice. Why is that so clear for you? Good question. Hard to fire. But uh, I don't know. That is the worst decision that you can do to start a startup because you want to get rich. <laughs> like the, all statistics are against you. Um, every, everything speaks against it. So if you don't find happiness in creating something by yourself and leading and having a great team around you, um, then don't do it. And it's so much easier to get to a decent wealth um, when you have a good education um, and, and have a chilled life <laughs> at the same time uh, with a different job. Absolutely. Beautifully said. <laughs> uh, what makes you smile? Life. I, I love smiling. I, I mean, I love my life. I, there is really nothing to complain. Uh, there is a lot of things that are tough. And of course, I have really bad times uh, sometimes and I have a bad day. But overall, really, like, what is there to complain? Um, I think we, we really need to just get the most out of this. We only have that one life. Yeah, if you zoom out on the perspective, then it's really not that bad. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. Experience or expertise? Um, experience. Also, I would say, I would always say somebody with a lot of experience is becoming more of an expert than somebody from books can ever be. So I, I don't think there is a real difference. I think that's very interesting because you sort of have both, right? You have your PhD from university, but you also have a lot yes. of experience and now. that And that actually confirms it just as much mm -hmm. because also I know um, a lot of theories and that makes me probably a little bit more pragmatic and realistic about things. 
uh, because you know what the statistics say. Right. Um, but at the same time, I only realized how hard startup doing a startup is when I actually did it. And I tried to coach others and now I feel like, God, I had no idea and I had no right actually to tell them what to do or not to do. Absolutely. And the last one for you today, where do you go to think? Um, on my terrace. <laughs> we have an incredible uh, terrace and um, that is a place where I can really zoom out, where I can meditate and uh, which is a really, really calm spot. Other than that, mountains. Mountains are my life. Awesome. That's a very good spot to be. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. Um, that was really a pleasure. And also I learned so much in this episode, just, you know, perspectives thank and also so about much. statistics. So that was a lot of fun and very insightful. Thank you so much. Thanks, so much. And I also hope that you will have to do less dishes in the future and can <laughs> yeah, delegate try my best. that. <laughs> thank you so much. It was great. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of the Swisspreneur Show.